Hello and welcome to the ITGP podcast. This is episode two and is part of a six-part series to bring you discussions on some of our hot topics, including business continuity, cybersecurity, and some softer business management and leadership skills. We collaborate with industry experts to produce high-quality publications about best practice frameworks, compliance, and technical subjects. Next up is Sarah. Sarah is our best-selling author for the ITGP Soft Skills Titles. I will let Sarah introduce herself and begin this week's episode on making a success of managing and working remotely. Please note that this podcast is an adaptation of a webinar which took place earlier in the year. I'm Sarah Cook, MD of the Stairway Consultancy. I'm a management consultant and author uh, with over 20 years experience in leadership and management, um, particularly involved in helping individuals and teams transition to remote working. Um, And I've done lots of work on this in recent years. So I'm delighted to be with you to share some of my experience this afternoon. I think you'd agree the world of work has changed dramatically. Even before the pandemic, the TUC estimated that the number of UK um, workforce working from home had increased by a fifth in the last 10 years and stood um, up until the last couple of weeks at around 2.5 million people. That's roughly 8% of the workforce. They had expected uh, this to increase rapidly with over half the UK workforce working from home in their estimate by 2025. But of course that was before COVID-19. What we now know is that many of you may be working for the first time from home and actually this can cause some challenges. So in today's webinar, what we're going to do is look at um, how can you benefit from working at home? What are some of the challenges? But importantly, want to make this as practical as possible, looking at tips and techniques for making remote working a success, um, be it as a team member or somebody who is managing people from home, although I imagine you could also be both working from home and a manager, looking at practical advice if you are managing people who might uh, actually be now your virtual team, And importantly, given the uncharted waters that we're in at the moment, we're going to provide you some tips on how to build personal and team resilience in these uncertain times. So I'm assuming that although um, some of you are now working from home, this may not be your own choice. However, hopefully in spite of this difficult situation, be it a team member or a manager, you can already see some benefits. Um, For example, when people have a proper setup at home with fully operational technological support, they say that they can concentrate more than uh, in an office environment. Um, They're not the constant interruptions, for example. Obviously, at the moment, um, you've got lots of opportunity to spend time with, with family. 
and hopefully we'll talk about this in a bit more detail flex your time to suit childcare arrangements uh, to give you an example for um, one of my colleagues in the last week they've split their day with their partner into four three-hour slots um, my colleague is working six hours a day in two three-hour slots and is alternating childcare arrangement every three hours with her partner likewise when you're at home working um, from home means there's nothing to stop you putting the washing on fitting in an exercise routine to your day or taking in a delivery if needed and also people report they feel more refreshed there's no need for lengthy travel journeys to work and you can even avoid unnecessary office politics so in normal circumstance people report feeling less stress when remote working and actually they enjoy having a better work-life balance that's as a team member as a manager studies show that remote working gives you the opportunity to manage individuals in a more empowering way working from home means that you need to change your management style as you can't see your team you'll need to manage by outcomes in other words the results and outputs that they produce you can't rely on presenteeism as a sign that a task is being achieved so you need to set clear expectation and trust your team to deliver this shift in management style for some people has actually been shown to lead to greater levels of job satisfaction and job performance both for managers and their team it's proven to boost morale and it's a powerful way of attracting talent to the team as when recruiting there are no geographical constraints so hopefully you're seeing some benefits we also know there's some big challenges that remote working represents when the team starts to work remotely clearly they lose the day-to-day -day contact that they may have had with each other their customers and other teams you can no longer for example stop by someone's desk to ask a question or for a quick chat likewise not all homes have an appropriate location from which you can work they may not have appropriate technology or have issues with the technology that's been provided for home working two further challenges are work creep and managing childcare arrangements what do i mean by work creep well for most people working remotely allows them to focus and concentrate on the task in hand without interruptions or distractions however the downside of this can be that individuals get in the flow and don't take regular breaks nor do they set boundaries around when to stop work when they're at home for example if you find yourself continually working late into the evening or checking your work mails during the night or first thing when, when you wake up that's an indication of work creep likewise with children now confined to home many people have the added concern about childcare arrangements what we know is working from home can result in a decline in well-being 
people can feel isolated when they don't come into the office each day um, and that can be a problem over the long term. The issue is that when people are geographically dispersed and not present together, they can miss casual social interaction, the coffee machine conversations they're having with colleagues, and a lot of people's motivation to come to work involves social interaction. So we need to watch out because for some people, personal well-being and mental health can be impacted um, and it can be stressful working from home. These challenges have undoubtedly been accentuated by the rapid speed with which Britain has found itself in lockdown. So let's just have a look at this from a psychological perspective. You may have heard of the change curve. This is described originally by a psychologist called Elizabeth Kluber Ross, who as a result of, of her work on loss and dying, um, looked at reactions we have and performance and motivation when change occurs. This work was then uh, transferred to the workplace by a management consultant called Elizabeth Moss Cancer. Both researchers described the reaction we have when there are changes in our lives. So we know many people can be apprehensive and anxious and patterns and habits provide certainty in life. So if you think about when you got out of the of uh, bed, for example, this morning, and the way you got dressed and the order in which you went, then went down and had breakfast, you probably go through the same routine practically every day. So it's a bit like crossing your arms. I'm just going to ask you to do this as you're um, uh, watching at the moment. If you cross your arms as you normally do, just in front of you, now I'd like you to cross your arms the other way. What you'll see is that probably when you're crossing your arms naturally, you don't think about it. When you cross them the other way, it seems less comfortable and you need to consciously do this. So the change or transition curve, as it's sometimes called, describes what we go through um, for a work pattern to become a habit, something that we can internalize and do automatically. The curve is actually broken down into seven stages and um, there are no rights or wrongs. We can be at different stages of this curve. So if you're a manager, don't expect your people to be at the same place as you um, or to go through the, the, the stages on the curve sequentially. So the first stage um, is what's called uh, a denial. So uh, you'll notice probably after the shock of uh, people having to work from home, or it might even have been a, a choice, is that um, performance actually um, continues to increase. People focus on building up their defenses, minimizing the disruption. Their behavior is based on the past rather than really thinking too much about what's going to happen in the future. However, the next stage uh, is a bit of realization uh, and uh, about what is happening. This is sometimes called um, self-doubt. As the transition begins to happen and time moves on, the reality of change becomes apparent 
and actually can cause quite a lot of uncertainty. People can feel a bit of a loss. They don't know what to do. They might not feel as competent in the new world of remote working. They can feel they're sinking rather than swimming. This can manifest itself in depression, anxiety, sleepless nights, and feeling isolated from the team. Other people may feel um, angry or annoyed at the situation. I gave my all and now look what I get. This can manifest itself maybe in withdrawal, cynicism and resistance. It could be maybe that this is a phase some of, some of us are in at the moment, coming to, to terms with the reality of working from home. You'll notice at um, the, the down point in the middle of the, of the curve, there's what's called letting go or acceptance. This is when we come to terms with what's happening. People unhook from the past and let go. There's an acceptance of the reality of the situation and a beginning of a willingness to experiment. Optimism for the future becomes possible. So then you'll see that the curve moves, moves upwards. We start testing or searching um, for how we can make um, the best of transition. You'll notice in this phase, there's still anxiety and, and uncertainty, but this moves into um, uh, the next stage, which is around understanding the change, being a bit more optimistic and coming up with some ideas on how you can make it work. So that by the time you are used to remote working, you've actually uh, gone through some reflective period where you're now able to think about how you're going to cope going forward and you've developed ways of working at home which mean if you look at um, motivation and performance actually self-esteem is increased um, and you have better and effective performance and teamwork. So the reason I'm showing this change curve is if you've moved, as some of you have said, to remote working quickly, it's not easy maybe to see the benefits in the wrong, long run. People move at different stages through the change curve and um, you might think that you're doing okay and then slip back. For example, I was speaking to somebody recently who created a new workspace in the last week at home and thought everything was going fine and then had a bit of a wobble when without thinking first thing in the morning then they got up and went to the door to leave the house as if they were be beginning to start their journey to work and it brought about uh, feelings of anxiety and actually sadness about their change in circumstance so we're going to look at some practical techniques and tips that you can do um, to help working from home we look from a personal perspective first of all and then we look um, as you as a manager so the first thing which is fairly obvious um, but uh, I think maybe some people don't realize the importance of this is to ensure where at all possible you have a dedicated area at home where you can work from 
and that you've got the right technology you need to do your job and stay in contact. For example, um, speaking to somebody this morning, they told me they were perching on the edge of a sofa um, with the computer on their lap. Please don't do that. It's bad for your health and well-being. Um, so what we suggest is that you need to think ahead and plan how you'll need to work across the week. Find yourself a dedicated area. Lobby your manager or your IT department if you still got the uh, not got the right equipment or technology. If you look online, there's some health and safety executive guidelines on, on safe homeworking, um, and they're really helpful in terms of tips for setting up your work area. Really importantly too, check out the expectations uh, from your manager of what he or she needs you to do to work effectively. Are you still working core hours? How flexible can you be? What results is your manager looking for? Remember, he or she should be managing by outcomes rather than controlling how you spend each hour of your day. As we've just seen by crossing our arms and then crossing the other way, we like routine and pattern. The brain is wired um, to like routine. So create a pattern to your day to help create certainty and st stability. For example, set yourself a firm time to start and finish work. If you know you work best in the mornings, do your most important work then. If you've got childcare restrictions during the day, agree with the rest of your household how you'll work. Uh, uh, for example, it could be in the early evening. But you need to establish a pattern. Very importantly too, don't stay glued to your desk. Really importantly, we need to take regular breaks. Uh, studies show that productivity and output declines when you sport, spend more than 90 minutes on a task. So get up and stretch. You can set yourself a reminder on your laptop how to do this, for example. Stage social. Use informal communication tools like instant messenger and WhatsApp to maintain the social element of work. And please remember to be kind to yourself. Um, I think everybody needs to recognize that change isn't easy and not everything is going to work out perfectly straight away. So a bit later on in this webinar, we'll talk about building resilience and what you can do to make certain that you look after your well-being. So to make this really um, practical for you, I'm just going to summarize those tips for everybody working uh, remotely. And what I'm going to ask you to do, you just take a look at the tips um, and see what it is um, that you need to be doing differently. Just make a note or start thinking about what it is that would make remote working better for you. If you're a manager, you've got, you've got the added complication of not just making remote working successful for yourself, but also managing a remote team. So 
um, like a team member needs to know what you expect of them, please do uh, discuss working arrangements with each of your team members. Ensure their job description's up to date. What's the team vision? What outcomes do you expect as a team? And make certain that you do discuss with each of your team mem members what you expect in terms of outputs and results. You'll also obviously need to be monitoring performance, providing feedback and coaching. In fact, you'll notice in terms of uh, the slide that's just come up, the performance management cycle, there's nothing here um, on this illustration that you shouldn't be doing when you're managing on a first to uh, on a face-to-face -face basis. Essentially, as a manager, when you're actually managing remotely, you'll need to set objectives, monitor performance, coach, give feedback, review performance, help create personal development plans, recognize and reward. Likewise, if you have a poor performer on your team, you'll need to treat them in exactly the same way as if you were managing them face to face. Describe what you've seen or not seen, stick to the facts and discuss with the employee what they need to do differently and how they can improve their performance. So you're still managing day to day as if your team were face to face. However, there is one aspect you should engage in more especially if remote working is new to many of your team. So all the studies say what you need to do is increase the amount of two-way conversations you hold with each team member, not via email, but on the phone or by video conferencing. We'd really encourage you to check in with each member of your team encourage informal conversations get to know your team members individually make certain you talk about things other than work start a conversation for the sake of it before you go into the task at hand if you are holding team conference calls for example you could use icebreakers to help people share experiences Ask people to say um, things like what was their first pet or their greatest achievement or their favorite holiday destination. Anything to get people talking and relating to each other on a human one-to-one uh, -one basis. So by spending time on people rather than tasks, managers can help build trust and confidence against, uh, across a remote team. It's interesting to look at what makes an effective remote team. There's an American management psychologist called Len Choney who wrote a book called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. He found that where there was absence of trust, there was generally false harmony in a team. People were fearful of speaking out and avoided conflict. Because of that, people didn't feel committed to the team and so avoided taking responsibility. That ultimately led to failure to achieve results 
and a work group dominated by ego and status-driven individuals. So increased communication, trust is the foundation of great virtual teams. Hold regular one-to-ones and ensure you make opportunities for the team to meet virtually and keep in communication with people throughout the week. So communication is important. Make certain you increase this. Likewise, provide positive recognition. Recognition stimulates the release of endorphins into the body, which makes us feel good. Studies show that employees who receive regular praise are more productive, engaged, and more likely to stay with their organization than those who don't. In times of transition, recognize achievement and make sure you acknowledge somebody uh, specifically for what they've achieved. So great work, well done. Give praise, make certain you share team triumphs and successes, no matter how small. Another tip is to remember birthdays. People really appreciate that you take time to get to know them at a deeper level and show your appreciation for something other than perhaps submitting a project on time. A further tip is to continue to focus on career development. Employees who work remotely really need to know that they have got a personal development plan and managers can really play a key role in helping their team members with this. This is particularly important if you have millennials in the workforce and on your team, because studies show that career development is the number one motivator for staying with an employer. So, as a manager, what can you do differently? What I'm doing is just putting up on the, the screen a summary of the tips that um, we've just gone through. If you're a manager, I'd like you to consider what one key action can you do more of or start to do to help you manage remotely more successfully? Maybe jot down your thought or make, make a note in your calendar. If you're not a manager, just consider for a second what one action would you like your manager to take so that hopefully you can um, chat to them about that. I've just put up another tip, which is helping individuals and team um, to build resi resilience. And that's the last part of today's web webinar, which we're going to cover now. This is direct directly linked to the unprecedented um, situation we're living through. Um, and as we've seen, people may feel lost, unsure, unclear about the future. So in this last section, we're going to talk about remote working and resilience, the ability to cope with adversity and bounce back to maintain high levels of individual and team performance. Uh, I was particularly reminded of this when I read the story about the cave rescues um, it, that happened in Thailand in June and July 2018 which saved the lives of members of a junior football team who were trapped inside the flooded cave network. 
In spite of the death of one of its members, the rescue team remained resilient over a, a nearly two months. They tried various ways to rescue the team and persevered and came up in the end with an ingenious way of bringing the trap boys to safety. So how do you develop resilience? If you look at the screen, you'll see that there are a number of potential characteristics of people who demonstrate high levels of resilience at work. And I'd like you just to consider for a second which of these factors is characteristics of people with high levels of resilience. You probably guessed correctly, it's actually all five of these characteristics that builds high resilience. So what we know is resilience is in individuals and teams is characterized by people with a positive mindset, people who take personal control, have a healthy lifestyle and develop good support networks. So what does this mean for you when you're managing or working remotely? Let's look at each of the aspects. Healthy lifestyle. Our physical health has a big impact on how we feel. At times like these, it's really easy to fall into unhealthy patterns of behavior that end up making us feel worse. So really try to eat healthily, have um, well-balanced meals, drink enough water, and do remember to exercise either at home or during the one hour where you can go outside alone or with members of your household. Regular exercise can also ensure that you sleep well. Good quality sleep makes a big difference on how we feel mentally and physical. So try to maintain regular sleeping patterns and do cut down on caffeine and screen time before bed. Another characteristic of people who have high resilience is they take personal control. This is about recognizing the things you can control and influence and the things you can't. For example, you can control how you structure your day or how you influence your boss, but you can't directly control, say, the UK economy. So focus on the present rather than worrying about the future. This can help with difficult emotions and improve our well-being. You'll find that things like relaxation and breathing techniques are helpful um, here too, and meditation. You can find lots of um, tips and help for this online. If you're feeling worried or anxious, focus on your favorite hobbies. If you can't do a hobby because you're staying at home, think about how you can adapt it or try something new. There are lots of free tutorials and activities online. So take personal control over what you can influence. The third of the four individual characteristics is about positive thinking. So if you take time just to think about the implications of working from home, this should help you feel more prepared and less concerned. What do I mean by this? So 
think about your normal working week. How will it be affected? What do you need to do to solve any problems? What help can you get from your manager, uh, your work colleagues, or even your local community? Importantly, talk about your concerns to your manager, your family and friends, but remember to fact check too, so you keep a balanced view. If unfortunately there's no one you can trust, there are plenty of helplines that maybe you can talk to instead. You may also want to limit the time that you spend watching, reading or listening to coverage of the pandemic. If you're a manager, as we said before, do hold regular one-to-ones and check in with people um, in terms of how they're feeling. If you're also holding, hopefully, as you will be doing, regular virtual team meetings, take regular temperature checks with your team. How are they feeling? What's working well? What are their concerns? This leads to the fourth characteristics of resilience people. And this is all around having a great support work, uh, network. So resilient individuals and teams stay connected, they support and help each other. Maintaining healthy relationships with people we trust is important for our mental well-being. So think about how you can stay in touch with colleagues, families and friends. Maybe also something to consider is helping someone um, else who might need support. This has a double benefit both for you and for them. So maybe think of others around you, both inside and outside work, and try to be understanding of other people's worries and concerns. Which leads me to the, the fifth suggestion for managers. For managers, having high levels of emotional intelligence is key during times of change. This means knowing not just your own emotions, but those of your team members. Recognizing how you're feeling and others um, enables you to manage both your own emotions and your interaction with other people in a sensitive and empathetic manner. One way of starting to do this is to write down how you are feeling. Start an emotional intelligence diary. It increases your own self-awareness and begin also asking other people how they're feeling. Be a listening ear and provide support. So for you, what does this mean? when you're working from home, what can you personally do to build your own resilience and that of your team? Again, if you look at the slide, I've just summarized the four key characteristics, um, in addition to emotional intelligence um, of highly resilient people. Maybe take a few minutes to consider one aspect and give yourself a tip on something you can do to build your own personal well-being as well as that of the team. So 
So in summary, remote working has benefits, but we know there are also lots of challenges. For managers, it means a change of management style, empowering your staff, and importantly, being there for them and increasing your levels of emotional intelligence. For everyone working from home, it means forming new habits and taking steps to actively manage your well-being and avoid isolation by being socially connected. We need to recognize we can't all be superheroes. In today's environment, making a success of working at home is gonna take time and deliberation. I hope that this webinar has given you some specific thoughts and tips and you've come away with at least one thing that you can do differently, improve or reflect on. Thank you for listening to the ITGP podcast. Please check back regularly for new episodes. You can also find us for your weekly updates on all social media platforms, including LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. For all product information, you can find us at www.itgovernancepublishing.co.uk.